0: Hey, everybody. It is Wednesday, April 26th. You're listening to the Mo News podcast. I'm Moshe Wanunu.
1: And I'm Jill Wagner. This is the place where we bring you just the facts.
0: And we read all the news and read between the lines so you don't have to. Jill, I am very proud to be announcing that we have very much surpassed expectations for Mo News Premium members in the first day. Cue the applause. I'm getting the hang of that. You're getting <laughs> get the, get the hang of the sound effects there. We've had more than a thousand signups into the first 12 hours alone. So many people went over to mo.news slash premium to join the Mo News team. So we are so grateful to all of you who have done that.
1: Moshe, I think that's a huge validation for the hard work that you and I and, and everyone on the Mo News team have uh, been putting into this for, for a long time now.
0: It's really exciting, Jill. And we're really looking forward to being able To uh, build on this and utilize the fact that we now have extra premium platforms here to give people even more news coverage.
1: And we should remind everybody among the benefits of Mo News Premium, a members only podcast feed where you'll get early access to special episodes and interviews, behind the scenes content. Right now, we have an interview with the points guy, Brian Kelly on all things travel, credit cards, and how to get the best deals.
0: And I actually just completed an interview we will put out next week with Ryan Holiday. He's the uh, best-selling author of Daily Stoic, Discipline is Destiny, a bunch of uh, really compelling New York Times bestsellers. So that'll be out first to premium members next week. Uh, Reminder, you will also have access as a premium member to a private Instagram account, where we'll be sharing more behind-the-scenes content, as well as deeper dives, interviews, and more lives. Mo News Premium right now is $7 a month or $70 a year, which is two free months if you sign up for the annual package. And the extra benefit for all of you listening right now is if you are a Mo News podcast listener, type in the code Mo News Pod, again, M O N E W S P O D, while you're subscribing and you'll get an extra free month.
1: And with that, Mosh, let's get to some news here. Joe Biden makes it official. He is running for re-election. How this campaign will be different from the last one. Overseas in Sudan, a new threat as militants take control of a public health lab that holds pathogens like polio and measles. Mosh, we're gonna take a bit of a reality check to see if this is as bad as it sounds. Meanwhile, the U.S. looks to evacuate thousands of U.S. nationals that are in the country. Here in the U.S., Washington becomes the 10th state to ban assault weapons. Prince Harry claims that several newspapers owned by Rupert Murdoch paid a large sum to settle a hacking claim with Prince William. Looking back at the life of Harry Belafonte, actor, singer, and activist who died at the age of 96, and Mosh is on the same history.
0: Jill, we're going to look back at Chernobyl today. Uplifting stuff. <laughs>
1: All right, let's start with some politics. President Biden made it official Tuesday. He is running for re-election. I want to play a clip from the video that is announcing his campaign. The theme, let's finish the job.
0: When I ran for president four years ago, I said we're in a battle for the soul of America. And we still are. The question we're facing is whether in the years ahead we have more freedom or less freedom, more rights or fewer. I know what I want the answer to be, and I think you do, too. This is not a time to be complacent. That's why I'm running for re-election.
1: He is already preparing for a rematch with former President Trump. The video started with images of the January 6th riots calling out, quote, MAGA extremists. MAGA stands for Make America Great Again. Let's play another clip.
0: But you know, around the country, MAGA extremists are lining up to take on those bedrock freedoms. Cutting social security that you paid for your entire life while cutting taxes for the very wealthy. Dictating what healthcare decisions women can make. Banning books and telling people who they can love. All while making it more difficult for you to be able to vote.
1: At 80 years old, Joe Biden is the oldest man to serve as president. He's also the oldest one to run for office. He's going to need to overcome Americans' concerns about his age. A poll just out this week found that 44 percent of Democrats say that he is too old to run. Donald Trump, meanwhile, he turned 77 in June, and uh, there are concerns about him as well, about his age. On the Republican side, 35% say that Trump is too old. The bottom line, though, is that the poll showed a majority of voters, they don't want either man, Joe Biden or Donald Trump, to run again. For his part, Trump already responding to Biden's official announcement, he wrote on his social media platform, American families are being decimated by the worst inflation in half a century. Banks are failing. We have surrendered our energy independence, just like we surrendered in Afghanistan, So a bit of a preview of this rematch. Once again, the rematch that nobody asked for.
0: It's interesting, Jill, because neither man right now appears to be facing a real competition. At least on the Democratic side, no one has decided uh, in reality to run against Biden here uh, when it comes to kind of more senior seasoned Democrats. You do have Marianne Williamson, the self-help guru running again. You have Robert Kennedy Jr., the slash anti-vaccine activists running against Biden here. Both don't really show up in the Democratic primary polls right now and don't appear to have uh, the money or the support to really take on Biden, but that remains to be seen. On the Republican side, you know, you have DeSantis sort of waiting in the wings, and we'll get to that in a second, uh, and some other folks running against Trump, but so far he is dominating that field. So, America, we still have about 18 months left before you vote uh, for the next president. And as far as the general election is concerned, And a lot could still happen. Now, back to some of the polls you were citing, Jill, about uh, Biden's approval level. Right now, the White House acknowledges that he does have approval in the low 40s nationally. But they are confident that he can still beat Trump with those approval levels. Right now, if you look at head-to-head polls, again, it's very early. Biden has a lead over Trump. And we should bear in mind that when they were facing reelection campaigns uh, themselves, Obama in 2012, Bush in 04, Clinton in 96, they all went through periods in the sort of 18 months leading up to the campaign where they polled at the levels that Biden is currently at. Now, so one number they weren't seeing, Jill, was the number of Americans who didn't think they should run again, especially members of their own party. And that's what's unique for Biden here. Now, what Biden will be running on here is a record, right? It's not a a exact repeat of 2020, because in this case, Biden is now the incumbent. And as you heard in that video that he put out on Tuesday, he's all about making this a contrast against the Republicans again. uh, And he wants to say that he solved some of the issues he said he was facing going in, uh, tackling the COVID crisis, uh, putting money towards infrastructure, and bring the economy back from the brink, so to speak. Uh, And he would like to focus on the last few months where inflation has started to come down again.
1: So what can we expect from Joe Biden's campaign this time around? Well, it will probably look a lot different. Remember, four years ago, he had to run this mostly virtual campaign because the pandemic was still raging. At the time, his message was that he wanted to better control the virus. He wanted to unify the country and also rebuild the economy. So 2024 is going to be a much different situation. He's expected to be on the campaign trail. Uh, And as you were just mentioning, he has a record to run on now.
0: Yeah, that was one of the things, Jill, in 2020 that people mocked him for, but he sort of had the COVID situation to blame on it, the Biden basement campaign, right? He got to do everything remotely. He was doing a lot of Zooms. And that sort of saved him from having to deal with the rigors of the campaign trail. He now, after having been president, you know, it's four years later, is not going to be able to cite a global pandemic as to why he's not out there holding rallies and campaign events.
1: It'll definitely be interesting to see which issues the candidates really focus on. Most analysts say it'll be probably a repeat of the midterms where you'll see Democrats really focusing on abortion rights. Republicans will likely focus on inflation. As for, though, the idea that Joe Biden will be hitting the physical campaign trail and not just, as you mentioned, uh, doing interviews and whatnot from his basement, that is where his age might really become a factor, because that is a grueling, grueling schedule.
0: It's grueling for someone half his age uh, and someone at his age. He also tends to lose his train of thought. Right. Let's be honest here. And uh, he also doesn't command rallies. This is one of the issues he has, why he did so few of them during the midterms. Is he can't get, you know, he's not rallying, he's not Obama rallying tens of thousands of people inside an arena. And by the way, Trump is able to command rallies still at his age. Biden doesn't command that sort of thing. So they will have to take a unique approach here in his reelection campaign, modified for both his age and popularity. And how that works will be very interesting to see here.
1: Also, want to quickly mention in related political news the civil battery and defamation trial for columnist Eugene Carroll against former President Trump. That started on Tuesday. Carroll claims that Trump raped and groped her in a Manhattan department store dressing room back in the 1990s. Trump has denied the charges um, and had recently gone as far to say Carroll is, quote, not my type.
0: Yeah, that's one of the things that she's going after him on as far as defamation is concerned. It is a civil case, Jill, which contrasted from some of the criminal cases that Trump is facing. It also means as a civil case, Trump is not required to appear. Carol's attorneys will be asking the jury to find Trump liable for battery and if he is found responsible to award her monetary damages. Now, this is a case from the 90s, but there's a new New York state law that allowed Carol to bring this suit. It's called the Adult Survivors Act. It allows victims of abuse a one-time opportunity to file lawsuits, even if the statute of limitations has run out. Accusers whose cases have gone beyond the statute of limitations have been able to file suits since last November for a one-year period. She happened to file her suit on the first day it was permitted.
1: Okay, now let's head overseas to Sudan and a new threat. The World Health Organization is warning that there is a huge biological risk after fighters took control of a public laboratory that's holding samples of deadly pathogens, including those that cause polio, cholera and measles. So militants now occupy the National Public Health Lab in Khartoum. The World Health Organization's rep in Sudan says that technicians were currently unable to access the lab to secure the infectious materials. They describe it as an extremely, extremely dangerous situation. That lab, by the way, is a partnership between the government in Sudan and other international aid organizations, including the World Health Organization, And this all comes as there is this 72-hour ceasefire between the Sudanese Armed Forces and the RSF paramilitary group. It appears to largely be holding Uh, the U.S. and Saudi Arabia did help to broker that ceasefire. As we have talked about on the podcast before, this war is basically between two of the country's generals. I heard it being compared to um, as if the army and the Marines went to war with each other in D.C.,
0: Yeah, to give you a comparison, if Biden and Kamala Harris had seized the U.S. government in a coup and then ran it for a couple of years and then got into a fight and then went to war with each other, that's sort of what you're seeing in Sudan right now. But let's talk about the labs that you mentioned, Jill, for a second. Just so everyone can breathe here, uh, the lab in Sudan is not a Wuhan-level lab. It is, uh, I believe, a BSL-level-2 lab. They rank the labs, biohazard labs, from one to four Four being the one with the worst worst pathogens, one being with the least pathogens. This appears to be sort of on the lower end here, but you're still dealing with polio, cholera, measles. Ain't great to have a bunch of soldiers roaming around that lab uh, in any way, shape, or form, but just wanted to put an extra piece of context there for everybody. You mentioned that ceasefire which is holding, which is great because it is letting citizens access health care, safe zones. Uh, effectively, everyone has been shelter in place in the capital as these two groups have been at war with each other. And there have been reports that food and fresh water have started to run out. Now, U.S. National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan says that the U.S. government is now actively facilitating the departure of American citizens who want to leave Sudan. There are an estimated, as we've told you, 16,000 U.S. nationals, estimated to be inside Sudan just over the weekend. They evacuated diplomatic personnel and said, hey, rest of Americans, we told you not to go there and we're not sure whether we can help you get out. It does appear now that the U.S. government is looking at multiple options to get American nationals out of Sudan, including sending in a contingent of U.S. troops to coordinate the departures. All right, we have a lot more to get to in this podcast, including the speed read. In the meantime, though, I want to take a couple of our sponsors this week, starting with Magic Spoon Cereal. We often talk about nostalgia on this podcast. One thing many of us look back on fondly is the cereals that we ate back in the day. And Magic Spoon Cereal has joined us as a partner and has replicated some of those flavors in a more wholesome way. They're offering right now a variety pack that includes peanut butter, frosty, cocoa, and fruity flavors that allow you to taste that nostalgia, but in a low-carb way. The great thing right now with Magic Spoon cereal is they're gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, and sugar-free, and they have a special deal right now for the Mo News community. You can head over to magicspoon.com mo news to grab a variety pack and try today. Their promo code, again, is mo news, and at checkout, it'll save you $5 off your order. Magic Spoon is so confident in their product It is backed with what they call a 100% happiness guarantee. So if for any reason you don't like it, they will refund your money, no questions asked. Again, you can get your next delicious bowl of high-protein cereal over at magicspoon.com slash monews using the code monews to get $5 off.
1: And just coming off of Earth Day, it is more important than ever for us to make thoughtful changes that make a big impact when it comes to caring for the Earth. And it can start with small things, including what type of sandwich or trash bags you use. So we're very happy to be partnering with Hold On. That's Hold On, one word. It's a company that's all about finding a better way to go about our daily chores. Trash bags and kitchen bags are necessary staples, but it turns out they don't need to be 100% plastic, which in most cases cannot be recycled. Hold On, trash and kitchen bags are heavy-duty, plant-based, non-toxic, and 100% home compostable. We have been using them in our kitchen and it feels good to be part of the movement away from single-use plastics. They break down in weeks, not centuries. They're offering a special deal now to the Mo News audience to shop plant-based bags and replace single-use plastics all over your home. You can visit holdonbags.com slash MoNews or enter Mo News at checkout to save 20% off your order. Sustainability has never been more simple. So that's H O L D O N bags.com slash Mo News or enter Mo News, M O N E W S, to receive 20% off your order. Time now for the speed read from the Seattle Times. Washington state has become the 10th state to prohibit sales of AR 15s and dozens of other semi-automatic rifles. The governor signed that ban into law on Tuesday. The state capitol was closed to the public Tuesday morning for the signing ceremony because of security concerns. Washington Governor Jay Inslee saying at the ceremony... These weapons of war, assault weapons, have no reason other than mass murder. Their only purpose is to kill humans as rapidly as possible in large numbers. The gun ban signed by Inslee is aimed at high-powered rifles that have been used to carry out the worst mass shootings across the United States. So this law will ban the sale, transfer, distribution, manufacture, and importation of 62 gun models it defines as assault weapons, which includes AR-15s, AK-47s, and similar rifles. Other gun measures signed Tuesday include a 10-day waiting period for gun purchases and a bill that would hold gun makers liable for negligent sales.
0: Jill, it's important to note, you said the law bans the sale, transfer, distribution, manufacture, or import of those guns, notable in there, not ownership, meaning if you already own one of those weapons in Washington state, you effectively can keep it. And so they went with that measure, and it it speaks to the concern among some people that the government is going to confiscate their weapons. This is similar to the national assault weapons, the federal assault weapons ban that existed from 1994 to 2004, which also banned the sale moving forward, but never went after previously owned guns. These laws, by the way, also go into guns with specific features, including rifles shorter than 30 inches, those that have detachable magazines or fixed magazines with a capacity of 10 rounds or more, uh, a whole bunch of features that they feel helps for the mass murder of people and they don't believe people need to defend their homes. So now this puts Washington state in line with nine other states, California, Illinois, New York, uh, Maryland, New Jersey, among them, as well as D.C. that have all imposed bans on AR-15s and similar guns. Now, not surprisingly, the sales ban has already drawn a very quick legal challenge from uh, a number of groups, including the Second Amendment Foundation, that have already filed suit in U.S. District Court yesterday, saying the law violates their constitutional right to keep and bear arms. And it does come after the Supreme Court ruled last year overturning restrictions in New York State related to concealed carry. And so there's hope among gun rights groups that uh, the courts will overturn this type of assault weapons ban or assault weapons sales ban. The Supreme Court last year did create this sort of new precedent, which is, is the gun law consistent with a historical American tradition, given there were no assault weapons when the Constitution was written in the 1700s? It's unclear how the court would rule here, but they have been leaning Uh, against limitations on guns in recent years.
1: As for how Americans feel about assault weapons, a morning consult survey from June of 2022 found that 86% of Democrats and 47% of Republicans support an assault weapons ban. It is a trend that's reflected in Washington state. More than 60% of residents in Washington support a statewide ban on assault weapons.
0: It's interesting here, Jill, because with the federal government not really taking on... These sort of uh, more aggressive bills when it comes to limiting the sale of these types of weapons, states have been taking it into their own hands. And you're going to now see that probably go through the courts. From
1: the BBC, a Japanese company hoping to make history by carrying out the first private moon rover landing says its mission is likely to have failed. Communication was lost with the Hakuto-R lunar lander moments before it was due to touchdown. Engineers are investigating what happened. The company iSpace, which is based in Tokyo, had hoped that the lander would release an exploratory rover, as well as a tennis ball-sized robot developed by a toy maker. The craft was launched by a SpaceX rocket in December. It has taken five months to reach its destination, That is much slower than normal, and that's because it had a much less powerful propulsion system in order to save fuel and reduce costs.
0: Jill, it appears they went too low budget on this one um, and might have to invest more in their next attempt. So for those keeping track at home, the few of you that are, the only countries that have managed to put a robot on the moon are the U.S., Russia, and China. Of course, the U.S. also put people on the lunar surface and is looking to return soon. And now you have Japan joining India and Israel, both countries that recently tried and failed to put their own rovers on the moon. The moon is going to be a popular destination in the coming years. We've told you about the upcoming NASA missions to put astronauts back on the surface of the moon within the next couple of years. One of the places they're really looking at, Jill, is the South Pole of the moon. There are spots on the moon there that are in permanent darkness based on their location. And they believe there could be a lot of ice there. Of course, if there's ice, That ice could be converted to water, which should be converted to oxygen, which would then allow you to basically have a permanent human presence on the moon.
1: From Politico, Florida, Surgeon General Joseph Ladapo personally altered a state-driven study about COVID-19 vaccines last year in order to suggest that some doses pose a significantly higher health risk for young men than had been established by the broader medical community. This is all according to a newly obtained document. His changes were released as part of a public records request, and uh, they presented the risks of cardiac death to be a lot more severe than previous versions of the study. He later used the final document in October to bolster disputed claims that Pfizer, BioNTech and the Moderna vaccines were dangerous to young men.
0: So Ladapo is a well-known uh, vaccine skeptic. He faced backlash from the medical community after he made these assertions, which go against CDC and the American Academy of Pediatrics. But his statements did align well with Governor DeSantis's stance against mandatory vaccination. So this newly released draft of the eight-page study provided by the Florida Department of Health indicates that it initially stated that there was no significant risk associated with COVID vaccines for young men, but then in a document titled Dr. L's Edits, it revealed that Lidapo replaced language to say that men between 18 and 39 are at risk of heart illness from two COVID vaccines that use mRNA technology. In a statement to Politico, Lidapo said revisions and refinements are a normal part of assessing surveillance data and that he has the appropriate expertise and training to make those decisions he said he determined the study was worthwhile since, quote, the federal government and Big Pharma continue to misrepresent risks associated with these vaccines. That's his take. Jill, in that political story, they go to analysis from a Johns Hopkins expert who says that basically what they believe Ladapo did was take out stuff that just doesn't support his opinion.
1: From the Washington Post, Prince William was paid a very large sum by Rupert Murdoch's British newspaper group to settle phone hacking claims in recent years. This is according to court documents submitted Tuesday by the legal team of his younger brother, Prince Harry. Harry is now suing Murdoch's news group newspapers at the High Court in London for unlawful acts, including hacking his voicemails that he alleges were committed on behalf of the Sun and the now defunct News of the World tabloids from 1994 until 2016. A hearing this week will determine whether the case should go to trial. In documents submitted to the court, Harry's legal team alleged that there was a secret previous payment from Murdoch's company to William. The submission does not reveal the amount, nor the details of what William alleged happened, but said that the Murdoch News Group had settled with William for a very large sum of money in 2020.
0: Yeah, some of you may have been following this story uh, a few years back, the News of the World uh, and the Sun, really going to what turns out were illegal measures to get information and stories about the royal family. And so now we have Harry surfacing brand new allegations here. Uh, He's already on tough terms with the family. He's revealing more about the family here as part of his own legal dispute with the newspapers. And it does come as other parts of Rupert Murdoch's media empire have been facing their own allegations and settlements recently. We've told you about the Fox News settlement last week for $787 million, the defamation case against the uh, voting machine company here in the US. And so they join some of Murdoch's British newspapers that have had their own issues through the years. Harry claims that the payment to his older brother William was part of a secret deal between the Murdoch newspapers and Buckingham Palace not to bring any further legal action against Murdoch papers until other litigation was settled. Harry says the deal was made because the palace didn't want members of the royal household having to testify in court. This had to do with some sensitive voicemails, including those of his mother, Princess Diana, going back to the late 80s. So Murdoch's newspapers have already paid out huge sums to the British royal family related to those previous scandals. The company is looking to dismiss the Harry case here, saying he waited way too long to file this. Harry's side counters though, that the reason for the delay was the secret deal between the palace and the newspapers.
1: From Variety, singer, actor, producer and activist, Harry Belafonte died Tuesday of congestive heart failure at his Manhattan home. He was 96 years old. Belafonte spawned a calypso craze in the U.S. with his music and blazed new trails for African-American performers. An award-winning Broadway performer and singer in the 1950s, he became one of the first Black leading men in Hollywood. And he was also a close friend of MLK, Belafonte, an important voice in the 60s civil rights movement. And he later embarked on charitable activities on behalf of underdeveloped African nations. He was an outspoken opponent of South Africa's apartheid policies.
0: Yeah, He really did a lot in music and when it came to civil rights. He won two Grammy Awards, a Tony and an Emmy he made his big mark with Calypso. That album is known for one of his signature hits, the Banana Boat Song, "Deo." Take a listen. Hey,
1: he's a Deo. Day.
0: Hard to believe that song is almost seventy years old now. Bill Afonte would often appear on TV variety shows. He became the first black performer to garner an Emmy Award, and as an activist, he really took on a prominent role in the '60s. I saw a documentary recently on how Johnny Carson let Belafonte take over as the host of The Tonight Show for a week in 1968 because Johnny Carson felt as a a white host entertainer, he couldn't effectively address some of the issues related to civil rights in Vietnam. And so he essentially let Harry Belafonte take over as the host for an entire week. It was a very significant week, significant time in American history. And really started to show you uh, how Johnny Carson felt because he felt he had to be uh, all things to all people but really struggled with that, didn't love the direction of the Vietnam War and uh, certain elements of what was happening in the country. And so he effectively just let Harry take over the show. In later years, as you mentioned, he also uh, took on more of an international focus. He helped organize that famous recording session, We Are the World, in the mid 80s, a a tribute to Africa that involved some of the most popular singers in the world at that time. All right, Jill, that now brings us to On This Day in History, on this April 26th. We're going to begin in 1865. The 12 day manhunt for the assassin of Abraham Lincoln is over. John Wilkes Booth was killed on this day in 1865 as Union soldiers tracked him down to a Virginia farm. The 26 year old was one of the most famous actors in the country at the time when he shot Lincoln during a performance at Ford's Theater on April 14th. He would go on the run in nearby Virginia for about 12 days until the military finally tracked him down. All right, we're going to fast forward here to 1977 to the place that became the global epicenter of the disco craze, Studio 54. On this day in 1977, over at 254 West 54th Street, Studio 54 opened its doors. It became synonymous with the disco craze. It would remain open for just under three years, Jill, uh, closing its doors in February of 1980.
1: Incredible that it was only open for three years because it's so well-known and synonymous with that period of time um, that you would have expected that it was open for a decade.
0: Disco really rose and then quickly (laughs) collapsed, Jill. It had a very brief, brief moment. In fact, uh, I think we've discussed on the podcast before, the Grammys opened a category for Best Disco Album. That category only lasted a year because <laughs> at that point, disco became so unpopular so quickly. They're like, yeah, we're going to kill the category. All right, so now we're in the 1980s, which brings us to this next story. On April 26, 1986, the worst nuclear disaster in world history occurred over at the Chernobyl station in Ukraine, which was then part of the Soviet Union. The station was located about 65 miles north of Kiev, 32 people died and dozens more suffered radiation burns in the opening days of the crisis. If you're familiar with this event, you've seen documentaries, you know that the Soviets were not very open about what happened and that sort of escalated the whole situation there. And it all started the previous night when a group of engineers began what was a very badly designed engineering experiment on one of the reactors. During that experiment, radiation then escaped into the atmosphere, an explosion occurred, which was actually several times larger Than the explosion that occurred at Hiroshima and Nagasaki. It spread radioactive winds across northern and eastern Europe, contaminating millions of acres of farmland. The 18-mile radius around Chernobyl, which was home to 150,000 people, was deemed uninhabitable, forcing residents there to relocate. Eventually, it's estimated that thousands of citizens in the area would die from cancer and other radiation illnesses caused by their exposure. All right, Jill, we're going to end with some music history here. First, a song that turns... Fifty-one years old today. Take a listen. One of the most famous songs there by the band Alice Cooper. All right, one more piece of music history on this day in nineteen ninety-six. This hit by Bone and Harmony was released. Right on. That was this week, 27 years ago, Bone Thugs and Harmony, some of the fastest rappers I've ever heard <laughs> releasing their hits on Crossroads.
1: Mosh, I think that that is a very um, acute observation, fast rappers.
0: Jill, you go back to the 90s, you had Bone Thugs and then also Busta Rhymes, some of the fastest rappers out there. There was also a great collaboration, I believe, at some point between Bone Thugs and Notorious B.I.G. Takes me back to junior high days there.
1: For everyone listening, you thought Mosh was just going to give you political analysis or news analysis. <laughs> you come for the news. You stick around for the hip hop analysis.
0: At least hip hop between 1994 <laughs> and 1998. That was a time I was very much really attuned to. It.
1: Um, all right, everybody. That is a wrap. Thank you for listening to the Mo News podcast. Follow us and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And review us in the App Store so we can continue to grow.
0: And don't forget to subscribe to Mo News Premium over at mo.news/premium. We have a link in the show notes. Use the code mo news pod. That's one word, mo news pod, in order to get an extra free month when you sign up. And don't forget to leave us voicemails. We love to answer your questions. We have a phone number now, one 800 711 mosh Call, leave your name, leave your number, say hi to me, say hi to Jill. Tell us what you're thinking about, what you want to know about. And we're going to answer your questions on a future show. All right, everyone. Have a great day. See ya. Thanks for listening to the Mo News Podcast.